0: Mindhead Baptist Church sermon podcast for Sunday the 19th of February 2023. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me, my name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week we started a new series looking at a rhythm of life and Paul looked at praying. The reading is Mark chapter 1 verses 29 to 39, so we'll go and join Paul as he's introducing the service.
1: ...for the week or as per the sheet, there are just a couple of things to remind you of, um, If you weren't here last week, you may wonder what the basket is doing on the front of the stage. Last week, we we all tore our heart in prayer, really, about how do we respond to that awful situation with the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. And we as a church, we know many of you are responding anyway, please, this is not detracting from that. But we as a church uh, leadership thought, well, actually, we want an opportunity to respond as a church. We've been, in, uh, we're uh, therefore, are collecting monies last week and this week. If you want to put something in there, um, then please feel free. Please don't feel you have to. If you do, we're going to send those monies via tier fund. And the reason for choosing tier fund is because they've got workers that are literally on the streets as we speak. So money we give can go directly to them and in quick, short order. So if you want to give in that way, please feel free. Secondly, to say, you may see on your notices on Friday, uh, we're going to come together and celebrate the life of Ron. And it's lovely to see Harriet and her family with us this morning. We're going to come and celebrate him, and I love the way Harriet put the email to me, so I'm going to put it exactly over to you as she put it to me. She says, we hope you can come. Well, we're all invited. Well, particularly, we're invited not just to the service, but there'll be a tea in the hall afterwards just in celebration of Ron, that where we can chat about him, this, have those memories that we share. But this is what she says. She hopes she can come wearing colourful clothes with a minimum of black. I think that speaks of Ron and who he was and Harriet and who she is. So can I invite you to do that? The, the dilemma for me as the minister is, I don't think I've got anything but a black suit, but I'll try. Is that Okay. I'll try and make myself look as colourful apart from that. So the minimum of black and the maximum of colour and we come and celebrate one's life on Friday here at 2.30. So that's this Friday at 2.30. It's also true to say that today, in case you hadn't noticed it, is Tommy's first day with us. Morning, Tommy. You're welcome amongst your brand new church family. Two things to say. The first is that, Three people have already approached me and Lorraine and, say, and said, how come they never see you, Tommy, without a hat? <laughs> um, I guess uh, Lorraine said to me, we're going to get it surgically removed later this week. Is it? <laughs> but it's lovely to see you and lovely to see your character within our, our church too. And secondly to say, thank you, Ian and Alwyn, for your amazing, generous offer of, of looking after Tommy. But we also know many more of you have come and said, how could we get to know Tommy? So with Tommy's approval, we've drawn up a little list. It's for Sundays between now and the end of April. And if you'd like to invite Tommy for a Sunday lunch, he's going to have this list later. This is an appeal. He's going to have this list later. Go find him and he'll put your name in. Now, now there is one little thing you must remember. Okay, here's what you must remember. Tommy will need to be back here for church at four. So you can't go and do a three o'clock lunch. Is that all right? You've got to give him time. And the other thing you need to remember is that he doesn't drive. So if you don't live within walking distance and you offer him a lunch, you've also got to get him back here for that service. But I'm going to give you the list, Tommy, and then you can do, you can fill it into your heart's content, friend. You know, in my own quiet time this morning, I, I was pondering this service. bringing before the Lord us. As congregation, and saying, Lord, have your way. And as part of that, I, I had a really strong sense that someone here needs to hear that they can confidently trust God for protection and peace. But at the moment, you're struggling. We're going to be talking about praying later, but someone here is struggling with that sense of not just their own protection, but being held in the arms of the Lord in peace. And this psalm, therefore, before I hand over to Laura... This psalm is for you. I pray that that the Lord will break through, that you will feel both his protection and his peace as we read this psalm. If this is you, come and see me later. Psalm 3 says, O Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud, and he answers me from his holy hill. I lay down and sleep. I wake up again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. Arise, O Lord, deliver me, O my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked. For the Lord, come from the Lord, comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. If God touched you in that, please come and find me later. Laura.
2: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. You are in fine voice today. I can, uh, I can sense it. Um, we are going to start by um, singing uh, This Is Amazing Grace. And how great to be able to just sing and just declare those words that this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place and that you would bear my cross you laid down your life that i would be set free oh jesus i sing of all you've done for me and we're going to be taking the offering during this first song if you are a visitor here today there is no pressure at all just let it pass you by and um but if you would like to put anything in then um, it will be coming round. so uh, if you'd like to stand that'd be great
1: It's wonderful to gather on a day like today. Two things just to let you know. First of all, big round of applause because we had a guest drummer. In case you were wondering during that, Timber played brilliantly. And in case you thought, who's that master playing? It was definitely Timber showing the way to a dad. So, so, Timber, we want to say thank you. And isn't it amazing to have children involved in their worship? Hallelujah. Well done. Well done, Timber. And, and I think it won't be long before your dad's playing second But anyway, that's another story altogether. Well done. Secondly, it's an amazing day because obviously, as we said earlier on, we have Tommy among us. And actually, what we wanted to do was to start his ministry here in the right way. So we want to acknowledge that reality today and pray for you, Tommy. Is that okay? That means two things, my friend. That means, first of all, you've got to come and put yourself up here. And the whole world via YouTube will see that hat. (laughs) And the second thing it means is that actually... It's not my prayer that brings Tommy to this church, or my decision, or my discernment. It's yours. It's the discernment of God that he's here. And that means it's not just my prayer. It's our prayer. So I want to invite, if, if, you're, if you're like below, well, I don't know, below Tommy's height, age, maybe, let's just go with that. And you want to come up, and you want to pray for him, as I am Richard, and he doesn't even know he's coming to do this yet, but he does now. And as, as I am Richard pray for him too, to invite you to pray for him. The prayers of the saints are powerful things and our children's prayers are powerful. You ever heard a child pray and it break your heart? So if you want to come and pray, please feel free. If not, that's fine. We'll just pray. But I invite our children if they're able and wish to come and pray even the most simplest of prayer. A one word prayer from a child God says hallelujah to. Friends, let's pray as we greet Tommy, and then we're going to ask you to pray for our children. But if you want to come up, please feel free. Richard. Shall we pray?
3: Father, we thank you for Tommy. Father, we thank you for the man of God he is. Father, we thank you that you have called him here to serve you. Father, we pray as he begins this journey and continues on his journey of training and learning. Father, we pray that he would continue to be inspired by you. Father, in all he does, we pray that your spirit would fill him and overflow from him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: So if you are younger and you want to come and play, please feel free not and you're older and in good order you want to come and pray, please feel free. If you're in the leadership and you want to pray for him, come and pray for him.
4: I just want to point out what a blessing it is to have two young men in Richard and Tommy put God first in their life and say that they will follow him. What a privilege it is to be part of that here at Minehead Baptist. Do you agree? And we are thankful, dear God, for your blessing to us of these two young men. Please bless them, protect them, guide them, show them your way, and help us as a church family to listen to what you are saying through them both. And as Tommy starts with us afresh today, we just place him in your hands and say, have your way. We are so grateful, Holy Spirit, for your anointing on him. Will you anoint us all to join together and to know your will for us here as we go forward and out into minehead. All honour and blessing be to you, Father God. Amen.
3: Lord, I just pray that you'll help Tommy to be a man of the word and a man of the spirit. Bless him, use him, be to him all that he needs, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: Amen. Thank you, Lord, that you brought Tommy. Protection over him there, Father, we ask you'll need him inside. He knows the weapons of and he knows his armor, Father, We just pray that will put it on daily, Father, and pray. Amen. as a, a church. point of this time for. You have come in to be with us for a purpose and will get us eyes and ears to hear and see what it is for that purpose. Help us all to be cooperative, to be there by yourself, to walk with them, to support them, to support Mm -hmm. our young people. thank you for calling to this place. Father, thank you for the work you be doing among us here and with our Lord. Lord. thank you for this time of change, for ending over the exciting time of that. Mm-hmm. Father, we're excited to see what you're doing.
1: Living and gracious God, you have called Tommy to be a disciple of Jesus Christ here in mine head. To be a citizen of your kingdom here in mine head. To be a minister of your gospel here in mine head. Pour out your spirit, we pray, that he may be empowered for service and strengthened for witness. Lavish your gifts of grace and the fruits of the Holy Spirit upon him. That among us, he may live and serve and praise you. And that together, we may grow into the likeness of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you, friends. Thanks for praying for Tommy. Um, Actually, as Lorraine reminded us, that's just one of the two young men we have at this church. The other one, this young man over here, has served us well since he got here. And I thought about praying for him this day too. Because what you don't know is that I think, I hope and pray that your profile will be finished this week. Is that right? I hope I've got that right. Well, that means his profile will go to churches. And that means, therefore, this is the moment when he starts, Where are you calling me, God? be right and proper that we as a church pray, wouldn't it? And that moment for Richard. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to pray with Tommy and ask you, Tommy, if you'll lay hands on Richard with me. You've got to move into the middle now, my friend. Sorry. Embarrassing though that may be. And and we're going to pray in that reality that God has his hand on this young man's life. And that God knows and God will direct. Let's pray. Richard, we declare that you are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you have been formed, we're grateful and so delighted that you've been formed into his image and his way. Our prayer is that as you complete the profile this week, as you begin that process of sending it out and churches viewing you, that as they do so, they may see you, may see your ministry, may respond to your calling. We pray, Father God, we pray that this man may be delighted by how you call him. Because, brother, brother minister in Christ, the Lord will have his way with you. The Lord be glorified in you. The Lord do mighty things with you. The Lord strengthen you and equip you and call you. And in all your life, may the Lord be glorified. We pray that at this moment, when you explore the call to ministry, the Lord would be your delight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bless you, friend, and thank you for allowing us to do that. And, and lastly but not leastly, is going to pray for our young people before they go. So his first act as a minister in this church, praise God is to pray thank you
3: father we we thank you for the for the children and the youth here up at um minehead baptist church we thank you so much that you've you've provided a place where they can come to draw nearer to you and to delight in you and to learn about you um with other brothers and sisters in christ um we just pray that as they go out, uh, when they um, when they're in the in the in the different rooms and they're with each other, that they would delight in their in their fellowship with one another, that they would um, get to know each other better, that they would um, they would learn new things about you, Lord, and that they would they would draw nearer to you. Um, we pray that, that that your name would be glorified in fire starters and the other areas, Lord, in your mighty precious name. Amen. Amen.
1: So if you are going into those other groups, can I invite you to leave now? As these amazing young people pass you, can I invite you to pray for them? Um, How amazing would it be if in this moment we all just prayed and lifted them up before the Lord? Can I invite you to do that as they pass you this morning? I was with uh, one of our most elderly members today, this week, explaining to her what church was like. And I said, that the, the, the heart, the moment that fills my heart most of all is when half the church stand up and leave. <laughs> and then I had to rapidly explain, no, I meant that moment when the children leave. <laughs> and she got that. And this lady, well into her later years, said to me, aren't we blessed that we have so many that go out of church? in the middle of a service. And she's right, isn't she? May we be truly, truly blessed. Richard's going to come and lead us in those prayers of intercession. Shall we pray? Father, we thank
3: you that we can gather together freely. Father, gather together and worship you. Father, we thank you that you fill this place with your spirit and that you speak to us. Father, we recognize that so often we turn our backs on you. Father, we cry out to you for forgiveness, Lord. Father, forgive us for the times we don't listen to you, don't follow you. Help us to walk on that path with you. Father, we think of our church family. Lord, we think of those who are unwell, undergoing treatment. Father, we think of those who have cancer at the moment. Father, we lift them up to you. Father, whatever stage of treatment they're at, Lord, we pray that they would know your presence Father, they would know your healing. We pray, Lord, for guidance, for the doctors and nurses treating them. Father, for those who are coming into contact with them. Father, we pray as well for those who are unwell in other ways. Lord, we pray in many ways the same prayer. Father, might they know your comfort, your healing, your strength. Father, we pray that you would surround each and every one of us with your love and compassion. A love and compassion that transcends all else. We pray that each of us would know you more and more. Father, we pray as well for those who are grieving. Father, we pray, give them comfort. Father, surround them in your love. Father, we pray as well for humanitarian problems, disasters around the world. Father, we think of Turkey and Syria still coming to terms with an earthquake two weeks ago. Father, with humanitarian work still going on, we pray that your hand of guidance would be known. Father, that all the agencies, the governments working to help would know you, know what your plan is. Father, we pray for Ukraine. As we approach the first anniversary of the invasion, Father, we pray for peace to break out. Father, we pray, have your way there. Let your will be done. Father, we pray for the refugees who fled. Father, we pray that they will continue to receive the support and love and care that they need. Father, we pray as well for those fighting in the war. Father, we think of people conscripted to fight in a war they may well have no desire to. Father, be with them, we pray. Father, we pray this in your son's mighty name. Amen.
2: Let's continue to worship together and we're going to sing of how great our God is. And after that, we'll go straight into another as well. If you'd like to stand. The spirit.
6: taken from Mark chapter 1. If any of you have got your Bibles on you. Get 10 points if you've got your Bible on you. And if you haven't, you're doing the washing up. And it's reading from verse 29 to 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother in law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to look, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who were ill and demon possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. I just pray for Paul as he brings the word. Father God, speak your very words through Paul this morning. Lord, in every word that goes out from his mouth, Father God, we just pray that it will not return to you void, but will accomplish and achieve the purpose for which it was sent. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen and amen to that prayer. Thank you, Sue. Now, those of you that are into uh, keen observers of the church calendar and going to notice something. If you've picked up our program leaflet, you may well have noticed it. If not, you may well notice it today, because today we're going to begin a series of sermons that take us through Lent all the way up to Easter. And you're bound to notice, if you're a keen observer, that as we look at the first one today, that is praying, that it's not Lent yet. And in case you wonder what I'm talking about, Lent doesn't start until this coming Wednesday, commonly called Ash Wednesday. And it is, of course, those of the great students of these things know, preceded by one of the most awesome days of the year. I am, of course, talking about Shrove Tuesday, or more commonly called Pancake Day. There's some whoops there, wasn't there, really? What about Ash Wednesday? Anyone? Not so many. <laughs> but, but it's just a, just a gentle reminder for everyone to get your lemons in for Tuesday. But you get my drift, don't you? The, the reality is Lent's not happened yet, not begun yet. We'll talk about why in a moment. In reality, one of the things that happens with Lent, of course, is that many of us try to give something up. You ever tried and failed? Yeah. Ever tried and succeeded? Yeah, there are a few, I see, that's okay. That's not a bad thing. But this Lent, I want to ask you to do something different. I want to encourage you to give something up if you wish, that's fine. But I also would love if we as a church could do something. If we could pick something up as well. And it's rather simple and rather profound. So here goes. This Lent, how amazing would it be If everyone in this church, in addition to giving something up, also was picked up the determination to deepen their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. What would happen in this period of time if we all did that? If we picked up a determination? Many ways, as Jesus draws near, we'll discover this, as Jesus draws near to Jerusalem. Even though the cross is becoming more and more into focus, he seems even the more determined to follow the Father's will, doesn't he? Think of that amazing prayer in John chapter 17. And determination can take you a long way. It was the determination of five older ladies to mention them in Black Boys Methodist Church, just outside of Lewis. It was their determination that took a young man and wrote Christ on his heart. I've been a local preacher in the Methodist church for a while and I was asked to go there and I knew there was only five or six of them. Well, this is a young man coming to a church and if I say five or six, they had an amazing congregation but I think the youngest one of them was 81. And I went along, this young man, and because it was this young man, they all turned out. Praise God they had seven that day. And I went there, and the first thing that happened was that this lovely lady said, we haven't got an organist, I can only play one note at a time on the keyboard. And I went, oh, okay, no worries, but let's gather around, let's just see what God does. And it was then she said to me, but we've decided, Paul, the service is not about what you can do for us, but what we can do for you. We're going to pray. I have never, ever in my life been somewhere where I've left and felt so prayed for. They changed me. They touched me. All of those ladies have now gone to be with the Lord. Unless God, by his grace, has done something amazing, because I was in my 20s, and that's more than 30 years ago. But you get my drift. This wonderful, determined place. What about you? Would you join me this Lent time? In picking up the determination to be closer to your Lord. Because as we journey through Lent, we're going to ask a question. And the question is really simple. What does it mean to be a disciple in the world today? Look at some of the aspects of our own life and indeed church life that help us engage with that rhythm of being a disciple. We're going to look at praying and encouraging and sharing and reflecting and celebrating and resting and creating. And in order for us to be able to do that with our life groups, for the life groups to have those number of weeks to discuss it, we need to start today so that our life groups can discuss the first one praying this week. So if you're not part of a life group and you want to be, can you come and find me or Richard afterwards? And we'll kind of make that happen for you during this week. But if we're going to pray like Jesus, we should start like Jesus and pray, shouldn't we? So would you join me in praying? Lord speak to us as so Lord speak to us we pray as we look at your word help us to see how you love to hear us pray long to speak to us and draw us close to you amen friends i, I ponder something this was actually what one denomination in america did they did it online and in paper but I wonder what would happen if I gave you a piece of paper and a pen this morning. And I basically said this. All I want you to do is to write down on that piece of paper those areas of your Christian journey, your discipleship, that you feel you're weakest in. Got that? Just write down the areas of Christian life where you feel you're the weakest. When one denomination in america did that in an anonymous survey they were stunned at what happened when people were asked where are you weakest in your christian life by a vast majority most of those christians said the weakest part of their christian life was their prayer life these are some of the comments that they made we don't spend enough time in prayer We don't pray for enough people. We don't pray as fervently as we ought. We don't pray persistently as we ought. And in the vast majority of those cases, when they were asked why they didn't pray enough, they compared themselves to another Christian as part of their answer. Well, I don't pray as much as Bert. I don't pray as... Is there a Bert here, incidentally? Sorry, before I use Bert. I don't pray as well as Bert. I don't use the same great words as Bert. I don't do as Bert does. So the next thing they did was they took those surveys and where they could, and if they knew who Bert was, they cross-referenced, pardon me, they cross-referenced the answers to Bert's. Got that? Guess what? They found out that Bert said, I don't pray enough. I don't pray as fervently as I ought. Bert believed he had the same problem as those people who said he was praying well. What's the answer? What's going on? Why is that happening? Friends, as I was told recently by one of our youth, Jesus is always the answer. Although I was asking him what he wanted for tea. (laughs) So that's a bit of an answer, but you get my drift, don't you? Jesus is always the answer. Or more particularly, if we understand what Jesus did and why he did it and apply it to our lives, it gives us a very simple answer. So let's start with a fact. Perhaps we can all agree this. Jesus was fully human. He was fully divine, but nonetheless, he was fully like you and me, fully human. And therefore, the question is, why did Jesus pray? Because, friends, he needed prayer. It was communication with the Father, wasn't it? And we need prayer too. I don't know what I would be like if you decided to stop me having an early morning drink. Now I could probably do without the coffee, let's be honest, right? And at home, here's the secret of the day, I have decaf tea. But I don't know what I would be like if you didn't give me drink in the morning. I would soon get cranky. I also need time to stop and pray. And read scripture. I don't know what it would be like. In my own journey. Not to do so. We are built for prayer. We're built for communication. And then we wonder why things. Don't go right. We don't feel peace. When we don't pray. Remind you. This is early on in this ministry. This is Mark chapter 1. And Jesus, in this passage, makes a profound statement in his actions about prayer. He says, you, you and I, we need prayer. Unless we forget, this is before a single word of the Sermon on the Mount is spoken. This is before that amazing 50-word prayer. He makes this statement. I love the su- simplicity of that action. Jesus got up went into a solitary place and prayed. It's almost like it's done without fuss, isn't it? Jesus makes this prayer thing organic and natural. Now if I said to some of you, let's, get up, let's all agree that we're going to get up at three in the morning and pray. Well, first of all, good luck because I won't be there. But you get my drift. There's no such thing as it must be done this way. There is a U-shaped way of praying. And I'm inviting you to engage with it. He got up and he prayed. He just sees it as communicating with his father. Simple. Everything in prayer. Now I don't know about your house, but I do know about mine. And I did check with Lorraine that I could share this with you just to let you know. It is true to say, I know it's going to be quite... Difficult for you to hear. When I and Lorraine are at home together, we talk to each other. Okay? And more particularly, we don't have a specific room that we do it in. I know this is shocking. We talk where we are. In the kitchen, in the living room, the bedroom. There's not a special room when we go to speak to each other. If, I know this is shock, but if we're crossing each other in the hallway and we need to say something, we say it. We don't wait to a specific room. It's organic, it's natural. But neither do we have the rule where we go to the specific room and we're silent everywhere in the house. Prayer is as natural as talking to each other. That's what Jesus does, isn't it? It's natural for him to do that. And boy, do we talk about everything. One day, one moment we can talk about Turkey and Syria and what's going on there. The next week we can be talking about what's happening tomorrow, what work brings. We can talk about everything and about nothing at all. Conversation around everything and anything. Why do we not do the same with God? Why don't we bring everything and anything to God? Why don't we try and make it this sort of special thing? Now it is special talking to God, that's not what I mean. What I mean is why don't we be natural? with our Lord I I love the old hymn Uh, and I must admit the next time I'm at church at four and I'm going to look at Alec because I think Susan's playing for me it'd be brilliant to have this hymn Alec if that's okay I love this hymn I wonder if you do for it too Hallelujah there you go oh we'll be there brother anyone would think God does this stuff deliberately (laughs) but what an amazing hymn And in case you don't know it, I won't sing it to you unless you want to sing. Okay, we'll sing then. Here we go. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Hallelujah. I wonder if you're doing the same as me. You're not only... Well, you're hearing the tune because you can't somehow dissociate the two. But I wonder if you're doing the same as me when I sing it. I'm going, everything? Everything, Lord? You surely cannot want me to bring the minutia of my life to you. You surely cannot want me to bring the fact that I'm concerned about this or concerned about that to you. You surely can't mean that. Whenever Jesus prays, it's about relationship. And that relationship means you can bring everything and anything. Those ladies I told you about, they they just were amazing. But I do remember them praying. And what I remember is, quite frankly, how common, natural, easy, mundane even their prayers were for me. It wasn't as if they sat me down with this great sort of thunderbolt of prayer. They just prayed into my life, amazingly. And they prayed about the everyday, as well as the profound. Or to put it, as scripture puts it, Philippians 4, 6, I love the New Living Translation version of this. Don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and thank him for all he's done. Really simple description of prayer, but a lovely one. Here's the deal, friends, I want to release you because God wants you to tell him when you, and, and have a conversation with you and delight with you when you look out of your window and the garden's perfect. God wants to have a conversation and delight with you when you get home and you think, oh, these new shoes hurt. God wants to have a conversation and be with you and delight with you when you've had a good day. When the meal you've given grace for has been cooked well and you want to thank the chef. God wants to be with you in the everyday. Wants to be involved with you. It's just that we've swallowed a lie. That he doesn't want to be involved. That he's not interested in prayer when it's not about the important things. You know, that we can only come to God with those perfectly crafted words. You know this Pope that prays? Years ago, I'm laughing, because years ago I was asked to go and pray with a Catholic priest on his ordination. An honour, because not many Baptist ministers would even get to do that and be asked to do it. And there I was, and I was asked to pray, and I'm going, Lord, I I just want to pray. And I had a very simple prayer in my heart, and I'm standing there, and the bishop comes up, and the words that comes out of this bishop's mouth are amazing. And as he's praying, I'm going, ha! (laughs) And all I had was this simple prayer. And so all I did, thinking, with as much courage as I could muster, thinking at that moment, oh, I wish the ground would, you know. I put my hands on him and I just prayed this, and his name was Hugh. And I didn't use the word Father, Hugh, so the, the whole place began with a hush, because I'd not used the word Father. But I just prayed, and I said, Father, I pray for the man that lives opposite me, and I pray that he would be filled with the Spirit of Jesus. Amen. That was my prayer. Afterwards, he very lovingly introduced me to seven of the, the, the uh, student priests that he was responsible for and said to me this. He said, Paul, thank you. Thank you for the prayer. I will pray the privilege. Please ask him about baptism as he pointed these seven ministers towards me. Prayer that is simply done. All those prayers that are like poetry. You know the ones? So dance, like, like the dance. They seem dance with words. Whoops. And they, the person before me, in a time of open worship, praised them. Praised them. So now I'm going, What? I just wanted to say thank you, Lord, for the fact the sun's shining. And I shut up. Because I can't go after them, can I? Friends, I want to do something. Amazingly, I want to tell you that that's the wrong way around. Why do we swallow that stuff? Who told us it? Society? Parents? Because it's not in Scripture. Is it a minister of another church that's done that to you, made you feel that way by words that have wounded you and hurt you, so you don't pray out aloud? If that's the case, I want to say to you publicly, how dare they do that to you? How dare they? And incidentally, on behalf of the church, global, my sincere apologies that you've been hurt that way. Because there's no scripture that says the carefully crafted prayer, even those of the minister, are in any way better or more important to God than yours. In fact, quite the reverse is true. And if you don't believe me, if you read Luke chapter 18, verse 9, it says this. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He could not even look to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. These are Jesus's words. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And praise God that your humble prayer, God goes hallelujah to. The challenge is, we've made prayer a spiritual act. I could never pray like they pray. We've made prayer an act of spiritual comparison rather than recognising it for what it is. A way of communicating with God. And only you can communicate with God, only the way that you can. You're unique. And if we make it this spiritual act that's somehow hard to achieve, that God only meets my prayer if it's this standard, then we're swallowing a lie. Because God hears your prayers no matter what. What counts is not the words that we use, but rather that we bring everything and anything to God in prayer, humbly. Praise be, friends, that I do not have the answer to everything, but praise God that I can bring everything to the one who does have the answer. Prayer was Jesus' priority, wasn't it? It was the first thing on his list. It wasn't reserved for a crisis, did you notice that? Everybody prays in a crisis. Every one of us. But Jesus told us that the model is to pray when the times are going well. This is Mark chapter 1. People are delighted in his ministry. The future enemies aren't piping up and sniping at him. Yet he makes prayer a priority. I want to end by asking you this. What would you do if I gave you a hammer? Sorry? Sorry? Sorry, I didn't hear that. I'd hammer in the morning. Jenny, please feel free to lead. <laughs> what would you do if I gave you a hammer? Now, I guess it depends when I give you the hammer. So imagine if I give it to you when you're being attacked by someone. The hammer might be useful in fending them off, mightn't it? Imagine if I gave you the hammer when you were trying to rescue someone from a burning building. The hammer might be useful for break breaking down the door and for rescuing. But would you agree with me that most of the time, the things that hammers are really useful for, Steve would use a hammer in a different way than me, I know that, Steve. Okay, But would you agree with me that most of the time, what we use a hammer for is putting nails in, fixing things, hanging pictures in my house. It's the most common use for a for, for hammer. See, the hammer has a wonderful application in a crisis. But it's got a mundane job. It hammers nails into things. Prayer is important for us when we're in crisis. But it's got a normal working day job too. It's about communication with you and Jesus. Oh, and incidentally, if I gave everybody a hammer here, and this hammer was prayer, is it possible that we could all stand up and knock the walls of the church down. You cannot say, dear church, we want the walls of the church to come down and then not pray. I want to say that again. You cannot say, dear church, we want the walls of this church to come down and then not pray. We need to make prayer Habitual and not situational. And lastly, for the last minute, we just need to understand what the purpose of prayer is. Jesus says this when he's asked by the disciples, doesn't he? Let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That's why I have come. People are clamoring for him. They want him to do things. They've seen what's happening. Please heal more, Lord. Please sort our problems out, Lord, more. Please give more, Lord. They want him. And his response is to say, no. So what's going on? There's no end to the needs that need to be met. But he gets away from the crowd. Why? Because he's seeking God's guidance in prayer. And he's doing what God says to do. Frankly, when was the last time you sought God's guidance in prayer? Not me, you. When was it? When was the last time you asked? I love that. Proverbs 3.6, 6 it's God's will in all you do, and he will show you the path to take. When was the last time you did that? I leave it with you as a challenge. You see... Look at the verse again. People in villages all over Galilee experienced Jesus coming to them in a very public way because he first prayed privately. He prays. He goes and is alone and he prays. And then the outcome of that is he goes to these villages in Galilee and they're blessed. The purpose of prayer is to get help and guidance from God so that we can fulfill his purpose for this place. And if that's true, if it's true that Jesus listened to God and thought through the point of his being in history through prayer, that he understood the wisest strategy to follow was to keep close to God in prayer, since just to let you know, 25 times in the uh, Gospels, Jesus is seen as going and praying. That's what we know about. The real question is, when was the last time you decided to come together with this church family and pray? When? Let's be honest. Often our prayer goes something like this. At this point, I'm glad I'm near the door. Lord, oh, that this church might know the will of God might fulfil its purposes, might know his strategy and follow it, might go his way, might be filled with his glory. Oh, that this church might be flowing with the power of the Holy Spirit, see new converts, grow disciples, release missionaries. Oh, that this church may deepen its love for each other, may strengthen the bonds of family, may see its youth come to know the Lord. Oh, that this church may grow new leaders, Empowering not just this church, but the church local and national. Oh, that the walls of this church would come tumbling down. That many would hear the gospel truth. That the lost would be saved and the prodigals returned home. Agree with that? But how often do we then add this, if not in words, in silence? Oh Lord, let that be. And ideally let it happen without me having to join anyone in prayer without me having to commit myself in any way, without me needing to change what I do at all for you, without me having to believe the truth that you long to walk with me, love me to pray to you, without me having to do much in any way, Lord, in fact, Lord, I would be much more comfortable if you could let that happen without me having to pray at all, if you don't mind. Amen. time of Lent is not just about giving something up, but about deciding that we will join with Jesus as he says, thy will be done to the Father. It's cool for us to acknowledge that God's will is that we communicate with him and pray. And yes, dear church, at the start of this 40-day period, it's a prayer that says if you want the walls to come down, then you have to take Your hammer of prayer and join me and take them down. Amen. Let's pray. Normally when we come to this moment, it's my prayer. But this morning I believe the Lord wants us to do something different. If we sit in silence, we do. If there is prayer that flows from you and we still hear at one o'clock, so be it. But this morning the Lord says to you, your prayers I long to hear. So even if you've never prayed in church before, I invite you now to pray. And if you are able to raise your voice, and I invite you to do something quite profound. If someone over there is praying and you're over there and you want to pray, you just pray. So the good news is that the Lord does not take prayers one at a time. But takes them all at the time, all of the time. So can I invite you, dear church, pray and lead us in prayer honor and praise majesty worship his majesty Jesus who died now glorified of all kings we acknowledge Lord that prayer is ultimately about joining with you and saying to the Father thy will be done and I repeat the words of last week Lord as a blessing on all who have raised prayers from their hearts and prayers from their mouths to you. And say, hammer in hand, the words of Joshua. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen. I was asked just
6: a couple of minutes ago could I do anything to go in between what Paul has been speaking about and um, into our next song, how can we bring it together?
5: Mm-hmm.
6: And these words just came to me, you can't pray to somebody if you don't know them. And um, our call this morning is to get to know Jesus better, mm-hmm. to strengthen our relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And this was something that we've been called to pick up during Lent that we pray and we get to know Jesus better and to strengthen our relationship with him. And this morning there might be somebody here who doesn't know Jesus and doesn't know this person who we're talking about who we're going to be praying to. And that if that person's you and it's, and his Holy Spirit has just touched something within you, come speak to Paul afterwards. But let's declare this morning with this song the one in whom... We trust in whom we believe and in whom we pray to. And in whom we believe will answer prayer. Amen. Amen. Right. (laughs) Better stand.
0: As you can see, um, street pastors on, it wasn't intended, I hadn't intended to come up at all, I hadn't intended to to do anything, just um, Wendy and I decided to just try and raise the profile of street pastors a bit. But while Paul was preaching, it reminded me of something that happened whilst we were out on the streets in Manchester, because I used to be a street pastor in Manchester. And it was a student area, and there were loads of students around, and as usual, they tend to drink a bit too much. Anyway, this one student, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, came up to us and said, could we help him? And uh, we said, yeah, how can we? And he said, well, I've got the keys to my friend's house, but I can't get in. I've tried the door. We hadn't tried the door at that stage. um, He said, first of all, I'm not sure where the house is. It's down one of these streets. And if any of you know Manchester, a lot of the streets look the same anyway. So um, we sort of, he said, I remember a bit about it. And, yes, yeah, so eventually we found the street and we found the house. And um, he put the key in, turned it, no, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And we're thinking, is this the right house? You know, are we trying to break into somebody else's house? We were worried that somebody was going to come along. Um, anyway, uh, we all had to go. And no, none of us could do it. There were three of us and him. And it must have been at least ten minutes. We each had to go and we tried. And then one of us said we haven't prayed about it. And then then we prayed about it. And the next time we put the key in the door, it opened.
1: We have a God that's intimately involved and wants to be involved with us intimately. That's that, what that tells you. And he's a, a God of the key and the key lock, as well as the God of eternity and the universe. Someone just reminded me, James 1, eight. really important. It says, the man should not think he will receive anything from God. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Friends, we come in prayer without being double-minded, but focused on the reality of who God is. And I think our last song before we get to that blessing talks about that focus on God.
2: It does, it does. And we get to sing those incredible words. And if our God is for us, then who can stop us? Um, We are going to end by singing uh, Water You Turned Into Wine. like
5: to stand. Just before Paul uh, ends the service, I was reminded beforehand that I hadn't shared with you a while back when it was the World Cup, we prayed for a young man who was enslaved in Qatar. Um, I'm friends with his sister. Good news is church. He's got his passport. (laughs) So as a church, we prayed for this, that he would get his passport, which will enable him to leave Qatar. God heard our prayer in mine head and is releasing the captives in Qatar. How great is our God.
1: And I love the fact that ties in. God ties it all together, doesn't he? This is a blessing on you. Actually, the ending of the first letter of John. And he says this. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know what he hears, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Father God, thank you for the reminder of those of John that we are yours. May this week, Lord, we draw closer to you as we pick up that commitment to deepen our relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: To leave a comment, please go to minehead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening and I'll speak to you soon.